So yesterday, we started looking at the first foundation. What is the first foundation we talked about? Yes. And uh, we, we looked at two people who must repent from dead works. Of course, we, we discussed what repentance is, so you know what repentance is. It is not saying, Lord, I am sorry. Hallelujah. Uh, it is not even asking for forgiveness. Repentance for us is not asking for forgiveness. In fact, let me tell you something. For us now, we don't ask for forgiveness. It's the wrong thing for you to ask for forgiveness now from God. It's the wrong thing for you to ask for forgiveness from God now. All right? The right thing right now is to receive forgiveness. Which is an amazing thing when you think about it. Because one of the reasons you, you don't want to forgive others is because you don't want to receive God's free forgiveness. <laughs> yes. Because you understand forgiveness is now free. Like you don't even have to ask for it. He forgives you. And if he forgives you because he forgives you, now he demands that you, like it doesn't make sense after having been forgiven such a small thing, oh, such a big thing as the ones, eh? You, you understand? So, uh, God is amazing. That's why, you remember the other story of the man whom the boss forgave over five million shillings and then he phoned his friend whom he was demanding 5,000 shillings and he put him to jail. The boss said, you did What? Me, I forgave you five million. Five million. You, you couldn't forgive 5,000. What's wrong with you? You understand? And, and so for us today, the point, in fact, let me tell you, the point of asking for forgiveness is a stupid point. Elementary. If you don't get this, eh? if I teach you to treat your wife, your husband properly, and you don't know that you are forgiven for free. Now, when she does not cook the food well yeah? and you haven't understood that for you, God just forgives you. Before you even ask for forgiveness, he forgives you. If you haven't understood that, then forgiving your friend who took your cloth without you giving it to her and then she brought it back without washing it <laughs> and just put it somewhere you thinking you won't see it. Yeah? You, will, you will think that's a big thing. I until you look at your own thinkings, yeah, the things you think about, and God says you fornicated because you thought about them, but he says, okay, I have forgiven you. Before you even asked, glory be to his name. And then you are like, okay, okay, anyway, let me wash this car cloth. You see, so if I teach you the other things, but the foundation is crooked, it doesn't matter, it will fall down will still find you fighting battles that have already been won for you by Christ. Hallelujah. And so it's very important that we understand these things. So let me begin here in Romans chapter 10. I've read you this text before. Romans chapter 10 verses 1 to 4. Let's read it together. 1, 2, 3, go. Uh -huh. Brethren... My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. So these guys are not yet what? If, if we are asking that you may be, it means you are not. So Paul is like, I am praying for them. Some people, you have to just get to a point. Let me pray for you. Hallelujah. I, my friend Henry, he's now a pastor. You know Pastor Henry? We had just finished. Uh, we were in senior five, senior six. Me, I was deep into salvation. For him, he was like, I. every time Pastor Peter would preach, he would come and dissect his sermons and even make me feel like oh, what I believed was not the right thing. <laughs> he seemed to be so sharp. Yeah? But then, me, I knew. What I believe is the right thing, but I didn't know how to, to give it to him properly. But, but she just couldn't get it. So I just kept telling me, I'm praying for you. And I would pray for him. I would pray for him. So then we did senior six. I passed. He also passed highly, but not as high as he wanted to. 
he even went to government. On gov- she went, went to invest on government scholarships. So you know, he did really well, but not as well as he had thought. Then, I, then the Holy Spirit began telling him, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> So some people, you have to just pray for them, all right? Uh, like, the truth is, I am praying for a lot of us. Because as you're going to see, repentance from dead works, dead works, is very, 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 very important. But it is the hardest thing. Repentance from dead works. So look at these guys. The Bible says, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. Now, you see, you can be zealous for God. So these things of uh, me, I serve. I am there when others are not there. I am the one who arranges the chairs in church. I am, uh, I am, uh, I, 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 I sing in the, I am to sing say. I am to sing say. You can be. Eh, you can be the one playing the guitarist guitar. Yes. Or the guitaristic guitar. But when in actuality, in actuality, your zeal is without, it's not according to knowledge. And I always tell people, you know when you are, when you are foolish, yeah? you don't want anyone to tell you you are foolish. Even me, the times when I am foolish, I don't want you to tell me, but you were fool. But the Bible doesn't. <laughs> if you lack knowledge, you are unknowledgeable. <laughs> you are unknowledgeable if you lack knowledge. And you can be zealous. In fact, you know, one dude was so zealous, he was even killing. For God. Yes. Me, if you touch my God, I kill you. That's what he would say. In fact, he did it. Even got letters and went as an emissary. His apostolic work had already started. (laughs) With a zeal. But the zeal was not according to knowledge. Just because you see someone is passionate. eh? He's speaking so fast. eh? eh? By the way, you've gone to some churches where people pray. eh? You people, people pray. Hmm? And they are, they are sweating. They, they are, Nayenga, the prayers are mazmama tufu. They are zealous prayers. Eh? They are fervent, actually. They are really vehement. Hallelujah. He says, I bear them witness because uh, they have a zeal for God. They truly love God. And so here is not a question of whether you love God or you don't love God. Because you do love God. In fact, you are like Mukama. Without you, I am absolutely nothing. You got a zeal, eh? You got, and you see zealous people when they are chasing demons. Eh? Hey, ojagenda. ojagenda. You will go. You will. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There are people who have a zeal. But the zeal is without knowledge. Why? 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 Verses 3 says, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. This is the most dangerous state to be in. You see, yesterday I talked to you about a man who, for them, they take the issues of sin lightly. Okay, allow me to go back a little bit. So, there are two people who need to repent of dead works. All right? And the reason these two people need to repent from dead works is because they do not take the accomplishments of Jesus Christ at the cross to be of significance. They don't take it serious. Let me tell you, at that cross, Jesus was doing something. He was doing something. And the thing he was doing was very big. Hey, it was what? Very huge. Very big. It was the salvation of all of us. What Jesus was doing at the cross, mama, mama, at the cross, 
other cross. Eh? That cross. So, you cannot not take the work of Jesus at the cross very serious. But he didn't stay at the cross as we said. He got out of the grave. He is not the one who got himself out of the grave. No, 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 no. Double jeopardy. The judge judged him. Now he can't judge us. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So we hide in him. And when we hide in him, we attain something called God's righteousness. Do you know how in the beginning when God created man, the Bible says he created him in his own image and in his own likeness? Eh? And then you look at your neighbor, he doesn't look like you, while you, also, you look like God. <laughs> you see that? So, one of the likeness of God is righteousness. That's why he said, when you eat of the fruit, if you disobey me, if you walk away from me, if you choose your independence from me, you will die. Surely, surely, you will surely die. And if you don't know, death is a separation from you and God. And so, when you are not with God, you are separated from God, you are dead. When you come into Jesus, you are united back to God. Oh, glory be to his name. And when you are united, when you unite to God, guess what first gets to you? His righteousness. The righteousness of God is a righteousness we receive from God because we have come into Jesus Christ. Not because we worked so hard. We don't become righteous because we've done all righteous acts. In fact, every act of righteousness you do is so bad, eh? He doesn't want to look at it. That is why these guys are ignorant of God's righteousness. Now, friend, look here. Understand, you who is listening on podcast, look at me. Imagine me, okay? <laughs> Imagine. Do you carry an understanding of God's righteousness? Before we talk about praying before we talk about you worshiping, before we talk about you doing all these other different nice things in church, I want to ask you, do you understand God's righteousness? Or are you trying to establish your own righteousness? Or are you not even trying to establish any righteousness? <laughs> you know, there's also that. It's like, I don't know these things. I don't know whether I am establishing my own righteousness or I am... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Being ignorant of God's righteousness is terrible. It's bad. I told you yesterday, ignorance is the worst thing to walk in. When you walk in ignorance, you are locked out of the life of God. You are alienated. The Bible says alienated, alienated. Even if you don't understand what that word means, you hear it. You just, you just hear the word alienated from the life of God. So, do you know what God's righteousness is? So that's why he began by saying, anyone who is unskilled in righteousness is a babe. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in church. If you don't understand God's righteousness toward you, you are a babe, a serious babe. We can't tell you anything else. Drink milk and this is the milk. We can't move on to other things that perfect us. We must first establish the foundations correct. So friends... Do you understand the righteousness of God? Now, by the way, don't get scared. It's not very difficult to understand the righteousness of God. <laughs> it's not. And now, the next statement I say you are going to understand. You see, what God did, he got your sin and put it on Jesus. He got his righteousness, God's righteousness, Jesus' righteousness, and put it on you. So now, you are right before God. You are waiting for another announcement. <laughs> Get out of ignorance! Vayo! Oganideo! Vayo! 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 You get it. So now, when heaven looks at you, you, you may look at yourself however you want to look at yourself, but when heaven looks at you, you are the righteousness of God. 
Yes, you are clothed in righteousness. You have been forgiven, you have been cleansed. That is why in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Christ Jesus gave himself to, for the body to present her to himself. Yeah? He says, Jesus gave his life for us so that he may present to himself a bride yeah, who is without blemish, without spot, oh, any wrinkle. Yeah? Like, like that is how heaven looks at you and me. Woo! Glory be to his name. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you now understand or you don't understand God is righteousness? Before you go to God in prayer, <laughs> first understand that when Jesus went to the cross and he rose up from the dead, God gave you a gift. And the gift is called righteousness. I am righteous. Oh yes, I am righteous. Don't let your head fight with it. Command it to accept it. I am righteous. In fact, I don't even have my own righteousness. No, no, I don't even want my own righteousness. I have the very righteousness of God upon me. By the way, this is why I do right things. You get it? This is why I can't fail exams, by the way. Did you know that? I am so right. I am so right with God. This is why poverty can't find me. I am so right with God. Yeah? Like the things in my life are right. They are right. They are right. If you hate me, you will end up doing very good things for me because I'm just right. I'm just the righteousness of God. Like favor just follows me. Like when I touch something, it flourishes, it prospers. I may not be able to explain that to you. Even me, I don't know how to explain it. It is God's righteousness upon my life. Righteous, I am submitted to God's righteousness. Oh, glory be to God. I am submitted to God's righteousness. I am, I am right with God. Now, the ignorant ones don't submit to God's righteousness. And they are trying to establish their own righteousness. And yet, when you go to verses 4, it says, For Christ, not for everyone. You see, the things I'm telling you. You have to believe them. If you don't believe them, you remain on the other side. If you believe them, what happens? Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. It's not just the end of the law. He's not the end of the law. He's not the end of the law. He is the end of the law for righteousness. If you want to get righteous, don't go to the law. Go to? Hey, may I say that again? If you want to get righteous, don't go where? Don't go to the law. Go where? To Christ. to Christ. Not to Jesus. Go to? And what is Christ looking like? Cross, resurrected, glorified at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me. Now I am seated together with him in heavenly places. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, I carry the righteousness of God. One hour two. Don't be ignorant of this thing. And... When you believe these things, you are clothed with the very righteousness of God. These days I've been watching a lot of uh, what is going on in the Church of America where pastors are resigning and people are falling away from faith. And you realize one thing, that we are no longer preaching the gospel. That we are no longer talking about how people get righteous. Because you are, you are not righteous because you did everything right. In fact, since this year started, how many of us here, you have been born again since this year started? Like 2022 found you already born again. Please raise up your hand. Yeah, like you are already in Christ by 2022. Now, okay, please raise up properly so we can, so we are making a good census. Even you on podcast, you can raise up your hand. By 2022, you were already born again. January 2022, 1st January. You were saved. Okay, great. You were a Christian. Okay, you considered yourself a Christian. Hey. 
All right. Now, let me uh, ask again, by the show of hands, how many of us here, uh, uh, between January and, uh, and, this, and this September, you've not done only one or two or three, but maybe about ten sins you know of? <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Do you understand? So look at this. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. What do you believe? Because of Jesus and by Jesus. To whoever believes, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Now, you see, that now puts us into categories. There are people who believe that because of Jesus and by Jesus, they have been given a right standing with God. And then there are others who don't believe it. And you may be even sitting here right now. You are hearing everything I am saying. The truth is, you are hearing it. But you are not believing it. You, you are hearing it. You are even agreeing with it. Now, so I want, us, I want you to take a second. I want you to take a moment and close your eyes. Just lock yourself in your own closet there where you are. It's even good for you who is on a podcast. It is in your ears. Close your eyes and ask yourself, am I believing these things? Tell your heart to believe. And now thank Jesus. Thank him for giving you his very righteousness. Thank him for giving you his very righteousness. Let's give him a hand clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. You imagine when the angels look at you right now, if you really believe in Jesus, when the angels look at you, they see you in the same light that they see Jesus. That deserves an amen. amen. This is the reason we worship him. This is the reason we give to his work. This is, this is the reason we spend our lives for him. This is the reason we get tired. This is the reason we wake up early. How else can you appreciate him? How else? And until you understand what Jesus has done for us, you can't Move forward into all these things. And by the way, do you know, because of his righteousness upon us, we are able to operate in the same way he operated here. This is what gives us the confidence to look into the eye of any demon and say, in the name of Jesus, we say, get out. It's where we get our confidence because God is sitting inside of me. You see, the spirit of Christ is a spirit of righteousness. That's why we call him the Holy Spirit. He comes and sits in me. He is holy and therefore I am holy. Let me tell you, you are so clean. You are so beloved by God. You, 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 you are so acceptable before God. He wonders why you are not asking for nations to be your inheritance. He wonders. Praise the Lord. That's why I always tell people, like, there are things like, for example, when you don't have rent, never pray for rent. Never pray for rent. Yeah. Never pray for rent. You don't even pray for house. Say, Father, I thank you. Today I may not have what to pay my landlord, but a day is coming when I will be housing others. Like, I'll be building houses for people to sleep for free. That is, that is the mindset of a king. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. You know, we solve world problems. We are the solution for the world. You know why? Because we have been clothed with the very, very likeness of God. Oh, glory be to God. We have been restored to pre-garden of Eden fall. <sighs> okay, let's look at dead works. So I told you the second person that must repent of dead works. Uh, by the way, this, 
this person is, even, is in even greater peril and danger than the first person. The, the, the second person we are going to talk about is even worse. Not even just worse. On worse, you go worse and worsest. And the problem is a lot of religious people fall in this category. You see, the person who enjoys their sin, the person who is excusing their sin, the person who is defending their sin, they know they are in their what? They are in their sin. It is their sin, but leave them a what? Alone. You see, you don't judge me. You, if I put on my thing, are you the, even you go and put on yours. You, you, you get it. Eh? They, they know. If I, w, w, you, w, uh, that's why I don't come to you. Some of them don't even come to church. Because they know. Uh, when I come to church, you will judge me. I don't want to come there. So such a person, at least, uh, I, at least the assumption is that person at least understands they are anti-God. They, 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 they enjoy their thing. Praise the Lord. But the second person. Is it even greater peril? Because it seems like this person is working towards pleasing God. Yes. It, like all of us, in fact, we can't even tell. We, in fact, for us in church, we like this person. Because they seem like everything is lined well. You see, the most dangerous place you can be at is when you try to take your own salvation into your own hands. Like you remove it from the hands of Jesus and you say, Jesus, thank you for the thing you are doing, but let me handle this one. Let me, let me, let me handle this. It's amazing how many people, the reason they went to the prayer mountain, say, Father, this situation, can you see me? Let me, let me, can't can't for it to move forward. Can't you Now, all those things actually are good, you must do. Even me, I go Kotos Prayer Mountain. You get it? Even me, I give big offerings. By the way, I, anyway. But, you know, someone has, having understood that God hates sin and wickedness with such indignation, this man and woman starts to work very hard to please God. Let me tell you, friends, trying to work to please God locks you up in dead works. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. So to be that, your aim is to please God. To work to please God. Because you see, and, and I'm telling you, a person who is trying to please God has so much weight on their shoulders. It's too much. In fact, while you seek to please God by your own righteousness... Your works are dead because all your righteousness is like filthy rags before God. Listen, we, we are not working to please God. God is already, we are already well pleasing to him. Like, you know when you woke up in the morning, eh? When you woke up in the morning, God sent his angels to make sure your day goes well. Before you even ask, Lord, let my day go well. They were already... Oh, yes. When you were sleeping, there was an angel pushing away all the bugs from your nose. Did you know that? Some of you, uh, by the way, let's talk the truth. Some of you have bed bugs in your what? In, in, your, in your beds. You do. Like, you do. And you've even tried to fight them, but they just come back. So, and you are sleeping, you don't know the thing walks, and the angel does like this. God already loves you too much. Do you know, you know, you were walking, you didn't know, for you, you didn't even know that a border border was about to knock you. You didn't even know. You just saw a man do it. And you said, ah. you don't know that you're doing like that. It was not you. It was an angel pushing you out of the way. God already has you covered. 
like covered, covered. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And some people think that everlasting life is when, when you die. No, 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 no. Everlasting life starts now, 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 now. I have everlasting life. And that life, that life is found in Christ. He is the life that gives light to all men. Hey, I don't walk in darkness. I walk in the light of God. Why? I am pleasing to God. You know when Jesus got out of the river and the Holy Spirit came and fell upon him in the likeness of a dove, right? Uh, and the heavens opened and the heavens said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let me tell you, every time God looks at you, he's like, oh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well. Hush. I am well pleasing to God. When I woke up this morning, he smiled. He said, wow, Uganda has another general that has woken up again. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hey, hallelujah. Did we say we are building a building here? Someone said, I am being built up into a holy building. I am becoming stronger. I am becoming firmer. I am becoming greater. I am strong because my foundation is firm. I am the righteousness of God. Woo. Hallelujah. So people who are caught in dead works are people who are trying to get God on their side. Meanwhile, God is already on your side. Friends, you know, there's no situation you go through that God doesn't know about. You know, when God set up Job to become the richest man there has ever been, he first had to take away what he thought was riches. Because what you don't know is that at whatever level you are at, there's even a higher level. At whatever level you are at. You know, I was trusting God for a million dollars for the project that is going on here. Yeah? And then I had a man who is saying, oh, we are trusting God for one million dollars and we already have 40 million dollars. What? <laughs> Me, I am trusting God. I wanted one million dollars. Then there's a man who is trusting God for a hundred million dollars and already has what you're trusting God for, someone already has 40 times. And you are living on the same planet, believing the same God. The same God who is their father is your what? Stop praying for school fees and say, Lord, someone, one day I will have schools where children go to school for free and there's no sponsor. I am the sponsor. I am the sponsor. I am the sponsor. I am the one. I am the sponsor. No other sponsor. I don't allow other sponsors. If they want to sponsor, let them go and build their own what? Their own schools. In my school, everyone comes. They receive school fees. They receive... Why would Oprah be the one to do them? I am coming. That is the power of God's righteousness in you. God smiles on you. But being ignorant of God's righteousness and trying to establish their own righteousness. So while such people seek to please God by their own righteousness, uh, their works are dead. Why? Because all your works, all your righteousness is like filthy works before God. So you seek to please God <laughs> by all your religiosity observing sacred obligations and practices. 
you're trying to impress God. Like, like you're trying to impress God. Like you are trying to impress God by your prayers, your fastings, your givings, your ministerings, your servings. Every, like you are trying to get God to see. You see? You see? And by the way, the way you see such people is when problems come. I have been serving you all the you saw I gave away all my money and, 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 and then we contributed and, and then we and, and, and now you know those stupid statements you should stop saying them. Tom Tegera, are you at his level? Like what are you trying to you are trying to understand the omniscient? Eh? You, you, you are trying to understand the infinite one. You understand? Let me tell you, sometimes when you're going through problems, a lot of problems, it is usually God's way of boasting about you. <laughs> no, he knows, he knows. Let me tell you, God knows that if what you were going through, yeah, if Yolanda was the one to go through it, she would say, Mokama, You understand? But he loves all of us. He knows who can handle what. Now, some of you are like, ah, man, come on, you know me, me, I can't handle. <laughs> you know me, please don't bring that me, I can't. Let me tell you, he will never give you more than you can handle. If he has brought it your way, he knows you are able to. Uh-huh. But, but God, if this is the way you treat your friends, no wonder you have few. You think he has few. You, you think he has few. When he says, I can raise up children for Abraham from these stones, you think he has few. So, you know, this is one, one of the reasons I am, me, I am very impressed by the story of Job. You know, Job, Job doesn't know what God is doing. He doesn't. And Everyone comes and tries to convince Job that Job is wrong. And they were wrong because Job was not wrong. So Job convinced everyone. He sat and told them, keep quiet. I have not done anything. But Job, you have maybe, maybe, maybe say, there is no maybe here. There is no maybe here. I sat with you. Didn't I sit with you? Didn't I give you company? Didn't I give you when you needed? Didn't I take care of that? Didn't you see all those things? They all kept quiet. So, after some time when everyone is keeping quiet, Job is like, I've silenced everyone. God, I want you to come and we talk about these things. I really, because, you know, you see, everyone on the earth, I've convinced they have done nothing. Now, you, you, you God, you come and tell me also. I want us to sit, let us be like we are in a court, and you tell me, why do I deserve what I am going through? <laughs> Thinking, that God is going to come and say, anyway, Bambi Job, Bambi sorry, Abubu. <laughs> you know that devil came and we had, you would think that God would give Job an explanation. He did not. You know when he came, he came like thunder. <laughs> and he said, Job, uh-huh. Okay, okay. You think you are wise? Job, you are now asking me questions. Let me also ask you. Where were you? When I was hanging the scars in the sky without anything holding them, tell me where were you? When I was, uh, when I was creating and I told the water stop there and I told the land stop here. Tell me. Aren't you want to ask where were you? You think we are at the same level? You know what Job realized? He said, sir, I said, Lord, you be just when you judge. I am but dust. I repent in dust and ashes. I'm so sorry. I, was, I don't even know what got on my mind when I was saying all those things. <laughs> you understand? Because 
works are so bad to God. They are so, like you are trying, you are trying, you are trying to please God by the things you are doing. You can't. His bar is way high. Way, way high. The only person who could meet that bar was Jesus Christ. Who was tempted in all ways just as we are, but was without sin. Therefore, come boldly and approach his throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace in your time of need. So when you need mercy, come boldly. When you need grace, come boldly. When you need help, come boldly. Boldly. Let me ask you, when do you need mercy? I know every day, but why? Why would you need mercy? Because you deserve a punishment. And someone is like, I am in your hands, sir. Mercy, mercy, mercy. And he says, come boldly. When you want mercy, yeah? when you need mercy, when you need mercy, you've done it. We have settled. No one else did it. It was. You did it. You did it. You did it. And the accuser of the brethren is also there saying, God, Oh no, she was caught in the very act. Glory be to God. He says, when it is like that, now come boldly to the throne of grace that you may receive mercy. We don't come like, no. That's why in the Lord's prayer, the first thing you see is our father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. And then repent, uh, forgive us of our, his web down there. And you, you want to start with it. Come boldly. He says, come boldly. He says, come what? Boldly. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. And, and I'm telling you people, one of the ways I found out these days that is a very beautiful way of prayer is before I start, I just begin. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. And it anchors you in a, a, a place of confidence. You get it? Oh, Lord, I thank you because of Jesus. And by Jesus, I have a right standing with God. Oh, and the moment I, I, all of a sudden, worship is coming out. Lord, now I worship you. Seriously, I adore you. I'm as mama too. And my worship is not out of pretense, not words that I crammed, but because there is certain understanding that I carry in my spirit that you know what? I couldn't manage this. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love by which he loved us when we were dead in our sins and trespasses he made us alive together with Christ so there are people who they are seeking to simply be good boys and girls and they seek that by putting on their best behavior but as you put on your best behavior, you are not regarding the accomplishments of Christ for you at the cross. So at the very best, Christ becomes simply an example of how you should live your life. But you fail to see Christ as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So to such a religious fella, the scriptures are calling you and they're saying, repent. In other words, turn away from that thing. Your works to please God are dead and you must repent of them. You see, what the gospel calls us to is to look at Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The Bible calls him the captain of our salvation. He is the Lamb of God. That was slain from the foundations of the world. For the forgiveness of our sins. And for the remission of our sins. Christ is the perfect lamb of God. The word uses the word propitiation. He is God's perfect propitiation for our sins. And so as the beginning foundation. We must look at Jesus and cease from our dead works. 
We must look at Jesus and find rest and peace for our souls. Because of Jesus and by Jesus, I have been given a right standing with God. You see, by Jesus dying on the cross, he was paying the price for our sins. That one you know now, right? By God raising him from the dead, he was saying they can now be free. They are now free. They've now been justified. So just as sin was imputed on us, do you understand? Just as even sin, you know that sin was just imputed on us. <laughs> By the disobedience of Adam, now, righteousness is imputed on us by the obedience of Christ. Hello? You get it? So, you know, you receive sin. Like, you're, let me tell you, as you live in this world, no one teaches you how to sin. But sin is imputed on us by the disobedience of Adam. Now, Jesus becomes the second Adam. And because he's the second Adam, righteousness is imputed on us by the obedience of Christ, not our own obedience. Now, you know also Adam's sin. By the way, you know that you are born with Adam's sin, but you agree with it by the acts you do. You understand that? You are born with Adam's sin. And you agree with Adam's sin by practicing it. In the same way, when you come into salvation, you receive the righteousness of Christ and you agree with that righteousness by doing the righteousness. So that is how it works. Sin was imputed unto you and then you started doing what? Agreeing with it. Everywhere you go, you started agreeing with it. The problem is that now righteousness has been imputed on you. Why don't you want to agree with it? So now agree with righteousness and start doing what? Practicing who you are. This is who I am. But you just, you just love like people. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah that's how I am. You, you, you just love people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just how I am. I'm righteous. That's my nature. So, brothers and sisters, which one of these two people are you? Hallelujah. Let me summarize this for you. Repent from dead works means stop engaging in dead works. All right? Dead works are the works that ignore the price that Christ paid at the cross for you. And you ignore the price that God paid for you in two ways. You ignore it by just not thinking that it is there. So you just continue in sin. Or you ignore it by saying you know what? I don't think it's enough. In order for me to please God, I need to contribute something. You see, no, 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 you understand, I, I, I'm telling you, God does not want you to come and sit here because you are so obliged, this person, if they had the choice, they would not be here, but they, they are obliged. Like, do you see, how do you feel about that? Do you see that? Even God doesn't want you to come and sit here in church. You serve him. You do others because you are like, huh, now I'm coming. Let me also do. Yes. And you know, you don't say it out loud. But, but, but you just keep doing. Like, you see. And then you are like, so now you come to the prayer in the morning. And God says, good, you received salary. Don't worry. You received what? 
Pastor Alex, you have to say so. Your table leader saw that you are what? You are there. Now, what else do you want? Now, everybody knows you are obedient. Okay. That is your reward. Yeah? You logged in and you said. <laughs> now, there are some people who are wondering what are we talking about? Every morning at 5 a.m., we have a prayer meeting on Zoom. Log in. Praise the Lord. So, so you see, in that scenario, there is someone who just doesn't pray. But then they're like, ah, me, a prayer? Uh, uh, I just sleep. I just want to sleep. Me, I just want to sleep. Yeah? And then there's another one who is like, ah, let me wake up. Because, you know, if I don't pray. Now, both of them are caught in dead works. You understand? There are some of us who we wake up and there's even too much sleep. But the love we have for God is way bigger than the sleep we have. Because we understand this cross, this cross, this cross, this cross. That's why Paul wrote to the Corinthians and told them, like Pastor Martha has been saying, the love of Christ compels us. So question, of all the things you do and you are engaged in with Christ, are you serving yourself? Are you trying to to please God? Oh, are you appreciating what Christ did for you at the cross? The life that he gave to you, the access that he gave to you, the righteousness of God in you. Because my friend, until that foundation is laid well, until a place where you give up working to please God, <laughs> and then your approach to God is an approach that comes out of delight and appreciation. You are still a baby. But we must grow out of babiness to come to a place where we are working out of a place called faith toward God. Faith toward God. And tomorrow, we are going to look at what does it look like to have faith toward God. Are you excited about that? Father, we thank you for the word and the power that is in the word. I thank you because today someone's life is changing. I thank you because this word is bearing fruit and fruit that will remain. I thank you because you're saving men from being their own saviors. I thank you because you're delivering us from dead works and you're translating us into a place of faith toward God. That you who is on our side, you're greater than anything and anybody that is against us. That your work in us is stronger than any works that are against us. That your righteousness in us gives us such access and goodness. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.